We are keeping democracy alive. Check for pulse. Stand clear. Push to shock. So yes, there's a huge gap between public opinion and public policy. That people don't feel that they can do very much. You know what this is? This is a very Hamiltonian system. Alexander Hamilton being the guy here in a very un-Jeffersonian. In the case of the Republicans, it's dramatically the opposite. Uh, But even in the case of the Democrats. An absolute typhoon of terror against African Americans in the South. America's fascists are those people who think that Wall Street comes first and the American people come second. We're only seen as a financial sector that's uh, gotten out of hand. The shooting, the violence, that is not the drug problem. That is, in fact, the drug policy problem. I speak tonight for the dignity of man. And thanks for being with us. Our guest today, Professor of Politics and Coordinator of Middle Eastern Studies, Stephen Zunis at University of San Francisco, is our guest. Stephen, thanks for being with us. Great to be with you again. Well, he writes, and i got to open right up with this, a disturbing number of congressional Democrats have joined their Republican counterparts in co-sponsoring a bill, and there's a Senate bill and a House bill, Senate Bill 720 and H.R. Uh, 1697, effectively criminalizing support for boycotts against Israel or companies doing business in that country or its occupied territories, end of quote. That's pretty intense, I think, and that's what the show is about today. With all the focus, quite logically, on the long-playing Trump-Russia and lately the truly insane nuclear war bombast from the orange one, It's easy to see why this incredibly important and shocking story has gotten buried of late. But it is a still-developing story and has historic implications for Americans ourselves for our most valuable freedom, the First Amendment to the Constitution. Our right to free speech is truly and dangerously endangered by this astounding legislation quietly moving its way through the U.S. Senate and House. So much to talk about, Professor Zunis. Why don't you start by just telling listeners what the bill is, what its purpose is, and the alleged problem it's trying to solve. Given that uh, the United States has blocked the United Nations Security Council from enforcing a series of uh, resolutions, uh, over 40, (laughs) actually, uh, regarding Israeli violations of... um, international humanitarian law and other international uh, legal statutes uh, regarding the uh, occupation uh, illegal settlements and and um, and other violations and given the united states has um, um, you know, vetoed uh, at, at, at least that many uh, uh, resolutions and 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 prevented many from even coming to a vote uh, uh, human rights activists and supporters of international law you know, recognize that the United Nations is, is uh, has not is unable to uh, fulfill its mandate. Similarly, despite some finger wagging by by some administrations regarding a. Uh, Israeli uh, colonization of a territory seized in the 1967 war, uh, that. Uh, the uh, U.S. has ruled out, you know, using uh, economic pressure or 
or withdrawal of the uh, more than uh, $2 billion in, in, in military aid the United States supplies Israel and its occupation forces with every year. Global civil society decide, well, let's let's do uh let, let's do it ourselves let's um try to uh use economic leverage uh by uh, engaging in in boycotts uh against uh companies which um uh, support the occupation uh let's um uh it, it, let's uh divest from companies uh that uh refuse to boycott and let's engage other kinds of boycotts for example uh, academic boycotts and 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 the like uh towards israeli institutions and 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 also just to to try to work for you know various kinds of kinds of sanctions uh, against the uh, israeli government now within this, collectively these um this movements known as is known as uh, bds which stands for boycott divestment sanctions mm-hmm. within that movement you know, you have all all sorts of people i mean you have those who who say well we should just focus on the occupation itself you have those that say well given that the israeli government's responsible we need to you know boycott israel as a whole you know for for some the demand is to withdraw from the occupied territories some is to have equal rights for everybody, including the right of return for Palestinian uh, refugees, which obviously would change the demographics dramatically of that of that country. But uh, by but but by and large, it is uh, uh, despite the differences, it's very similar to movements we've seen uh, regarding South Africa's occupation of Namibia during the state era, um, South Africa itself. Um, uh, under under white minority rule, uh, Indonesia's right. occupation of East Timor. Hmm. Uh, there's a, a, a movement that's quite big in Europe, though hasn't really hit the United States yet, of uh, BDS tactics against Morocco for its uh, ongoing illegal occupation of Western Sahara. Oh. So there's a long history Again, of that. It's part of this consistent consumer, you know, consumer, uh, you know, civil society efforts in support of human rights, international law, which we've seen for you know many decades. And I find it fascinating that, uh, you know, here is, you describe discussion of this, which is going on within the United States, within the boycott, divest, and sanctions movement, which, uh, you know, should it be Israel as a whole, uh, just the occupied territories, the companies? That's discussion. That's the thing. It's discussion. It's freedom of discussion. And if this law, I mean, if this bill becomes law, you know, this discussion that we treasure as Americans, I mean, our most mm-hmm. basic freedom is to discuss ideas, even if they're, you know, outlandish ideas. You know, the freedom of speech. Right, yeah, yeah. And again, it's a pre- very much of a freedom of speech issue. And indeed, the, the right to boycott you know, has been uh, recognized you know, by the uh, Supreme Court uh, as, as a First Amendment right. Absolutely, it is, and and the the ACLU has come out strongly in opposition to these to this proposed. You were about to say something. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. The ACLU, uh, you know, doesn't take a position on on, on BDS, uh, but does uh, defend the, the right of, of people to engage in these kind of boycotts. Now, now, commercial transactions by companies uh, uh, can be restricted. Uh, but uh, what what makes uh, uh, there are a couple things that make this law law different uh, than than uh, a previous uh, legislation, but uh, the very fact that it does uh, apparently extend it to individuals is one which raises particular concerns. Yeah, it really does. I mean, this this is what we are about, and as I was, the the ACLU has come out strongly in opposition to this bill. 
Uh, I don't think they voiced the same objections to the law it seeks to amend, the 1979 Export Administration Act, which does prohibit U.S. persons, a term that refers to both flesh and blood individuals and companies, legal persons, from taking certain actions to comply with or support a boycott imposed by a foreign country against another country that is friendly to the United States. I know it's a little bit uh, getting into the to the weeds here. This bill expands that act. Is it accurate that if the European Union supports a boycott, that if an American who simply requests information about any person, both definitions, person or company, uh, if you request uh, information about their business relations with Israel or in the occupied territories, that person who asks for that information could get in trouble, real trouble. Yes, asking or supplying, apparently. Now, <clears throat> I mean, there are there are various interpretations of of, of the law. Uh, some of the sponsors say, "Oh no, that that's a, that's a, that's a, that's going too far. We, we don't mean this, and, and it would never be applied." Uh, but you, you, you know, given given uh, the the uh, you know Trump, the Trump administration, the kind of judges that they're they're uh, they're appointing, uh, I, I wouldn't be. Uh, um, <clears throat> So sure, uh, it is definitely a, a threat to to uh, to free speech. And if you just tuned in to Keeping Democracy Alive, we're talking about free speech here. How uh, Democrats and Republicans—one can expect Republicans, okay—but it's disturbing that so many uh, allegedly liberal Democrats have been supporting uh, a bill to limit. Freedom of speech when it comes to boycott, divest, and sanctions. Our guest today, once again, is uh, Stephen Zunis of the University of San Francisco. And the Israeli lobby, APAC, American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee, has for decades been one of the most powerful lobbies in U.S. Congress, if not the most powerful. I think they, you know, them and the NRA. I can't help but think that this originates from them. Of course, Palestinian rights groups oppose it as does uh, a more progressive uh, 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 group, the Jewish Voice for Peace. This bill put the strongly rising, very pro-Israel lobbying group, J Street, in a very interesting position. As I say, they're a pro-Israel lobby as well. They oppose boycott, divest, and sanctions, and they also oppose this anti-BDS rights bill. Can you tell us about their position, the yeah. J Street? Well, this is this is the other major difference uh, in the current bill from the 1979 legislation, and that it it, it defines Israel as territory is including territories controlled by Israel. In other words, uh, the occupied uh, West Bank and East Jerusalem and and the and the uh, illegal settlements. I mean, the the, the uh, Israeli settlements are a violation of the Fourth Geneva Convention, which prohibits. Uh, countries, any country from uh, moving its civilian population onto territory seized by military force. Its application to the um, Israeli-occupied territories, those seized in the June 1967 war, you know, has been confirmed by no less than five UN Security Council resolutions, and these are ones the U.S. did not veto, uh, and as, as well as a landmark 2004 ruling of the International Court of Justice. Uh, and uh, groups like J Street uh, oppose it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, um, 
oppose these settlements because they recognize that Israel will only be uh, secure and you know, survive as a democratic Jewish state um, if they um, allow the Palestinians a viable state of their own. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Israeli colonization of these vast areas in the, in the West Bank, it is making it uh, you know, uh, physically, demographically impossible for any kind of viable, contiguous Palestinian state to emerge. And so they, they, they oppose these settlements. And um, that, that the fact that, and, and so what, what they're pointing out is that this is not a pro-Israel bill. This is a pro-Israeli settlement uh-huh. bill. It's a pro-Israeli occupation uh, bill. Uh, because they, again, ex- uh, unlike the 79 law, they've extended it to include the occupied territory. So, for example, uh, you know, the, the, you know ma- uh, there are, are, are quite a few groups, including uh, major um, uh, religious uh, denominations, uh, yes. uh, uh, trade unions, and, and others, who uh, support uh, um, uh, boycotts of the four or five major U.S. companies which uh, directly support the occupation and, and, and settlements, even though they may op- uh, not, uh, not oppose the, uh, the uh, sorry, even though they, they do oppose, or at least not support, uh, the, um, the, the broader BDS call to include uh, Israel itself. So basically, this, is, this, is, this bill is for those who uh, you know, basically uh, believe Israel has a right to essentially control uh, the occupied uh, territories and continue colonizing it and continue to deny uh, Palestinians uh, genuine self-determination. So that's why um, you know, J Street and Americans for Peace Now and other moderate pro-Israel groups um, who oppose BDS as a whole have come out against this, uh, this bill. It could be an interesting little uh, uh, sideshow here between APAC and J Street because uh, I think APAC you know, has been extremely powerful for a very long time. They they control a lot of strings. J Street is on the rise, so maybe it'll be... Yes, in, fact, in fact, the polls show that uh, far more American Jews hold positions uh, that are closer to that of J Street yes. uh, than those of uh, APAC. APAC can, you know, feels like Israel can do no wrong. I mean, just no matter what the hard-right, militaristic, racist uh, candidates coming out of Israel. And uh, there are a lot of different opinions within the state of Israel uh, that, you know, APAC is just completely non-critical. Um, I, and, and some of the supporters for this, it's, you know, the Israel lobby, the APAC has pulled a lot of strings from members of Congress from both parties for years and years. This measure, frankly, is so extreme, I'm surprised as some of the usually reliably liberal Democrats who are co-sponsors. For example, Joe Kennedy. And I was very pleased to see that uh, New York Senator uh, Kristen Gillibrand, uh, who's often talked about as a very serious presidential contender for 2020, has withdrawn her co-sponsorship. So what about this Joe Kennedy and New Hampshire's own Maggie Hassan is a co-sponsor of this. And I did, to her uh, fairness, I asked for uh, a comment from her office, and I got one yesterday. And she's she's co-sponsoring the bill. Uh, she says, nothing in this bill is intended to infringe upon the constitutionally protected right of free speech. But the senator understands that some have suggested the language should be clearer to address the concerns with the existing law. And she says she's open to amending the language of the bill. So what that means to me, the fact that Gillibrand uh, is pulled out of it and that Hassan is a little bit uh, concerned now, 
pressure works. Pressure does work. What about people yes, like Joe it, Kennedy? What's really, really uh, striking uh, is that there is uh, that that um, it used to be that uh, on issues of, uh, of Israel and Palestine, uh, a, a lot of the sort of the more mainstream uh, peace and, 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 and human rights and liberal groups you know, tended to uh, avoid it, uh, and uh, it was yeah. as a result it was left to some of the more hardcore, you know, pro-Palestinian groups, you know, far left. Um, Arab American or Muslim American groups, with maybe a scattering of um, you know, progressive Jews and Quakers and, and, and whatever, uh, but, but it's becoming more and more of a mainstream peace uh, uh, issue. Groups like Move On and, and Peace Action, uh, you know, have come out uh, against it. In, in addition, of course, to the, you know, civil liberties groups, uh, and and you know, and the people are getting more and more. Um, vocal about this uh, as well. I mean, there was another um, non-binding uh, resolution that came out that was pro-settlement in, in uh, January uh, of, of this year, and uh, a, lot of uh, a lot of Democrats uh, ended up uh, supporting it, uh, but uh, there was also quite a bit uh, of, um, uh, of objections as well. There was a big fight on the Democratic um, a party platform between uh, Clinton and her supporters who who uh, who supported the Israeli occupation and refused to to, to criticize or even um, mention the occupation or settlements, uh, but instead praised Israel for its uh, commitment to um, um, you know, human rights and and pluralism and, and tolerance, uh, which would be news to the Palestinians. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, there was a big fight uh, with the uh, Bernie delegates who support alternative language, which, of course, reiterated uh, U.S. support for Israel's right to exist and, and peace and, and security. Sure. I mean, it, it wasn't anti-Israel at all, right. uh, but did uh, stress a need uh, to uh, directly address the uh, occupation and colonization of the occupied uh, territories. Yeah, so the is, we're seeing the beginnings of, of a lot of, uh, of uh, you know, mainstream and liberal Democrats who are, for the first time, really taking Israel-Palestine uh, seriously. And, and politicians are learning, yeah, it, it's not just, oh, maybe we'll go with APAC and the um, right-wing Zionists because they're the only ones giving us pressure. Because they're starting to get pressure from both directions, uh, they're, uh, some of them are uh, indeed uh, being forced to... Um, have second thoughts. Yes, they are. And it, that's a, a fascinating thing that, as you mentioned, within the, you know, uh, a traditional uh, peace movement, uh, people have oftentimes stayed away from this. I mean, you know, people within the Nation magazine, I know there's been a lot of uh, discussion back and forth. But now I don't think it can be avoided anymore. I mean, it, the, the tide has really changed I think. I mean, not not completely for sure. I mean, the fact, what happened w with that bill uh, with regard to, you know, recognizing the legality of the settlements? I don't remember that one, Professor Zunas. I mean, I remember well, it uh, happening, but... Uh, basically, it uh, condemned... Uh, it, it condemned the United Nations for a resolution passed in uh, in December, uh, which reiterated the illegality uh, illegality of settlements and, and called for free uh, freeze on uh, building new ones, uh -huh. and it criticized President Obama for not vetoing oh, right. that resolution, uh, and 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 the majority of Democrats joined in uh, with Republicans and essentially siding with Trump against Obama. Uh, and uh, on the question, not just of Israeli settlements, but basically uh, th th what this bill said was that the United Nations has no business dealing with uh, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. 
<laughs> but, wow. you know, was the UN for? <laughs> but to deal with these international disputes. Instead, you know, the resolution said the only place, the only forum to discuss what happens with the settlements is in the, the bilateral uh, negotiations between the, the Israeli occupiers and the Palestinians under occupation, <laughs> where, you know, clearly the Palestinians don't, don't have, have, have much of a chance. So in other words, I mean, even if you take the position, as I do, that both Israeli Jews and Palestinian Arabs have a right to peace and security and self-determination, two-state yes. solution, all, uh, you know, that kind of good stuff. Of course. Um, basically, the, the bipartisan view is that um, that uh, it, it ignores it ignores the asymmetry in power between the <laughs> occupier and the occupied. So what the U.S. what Congress has done and and and, and, and various U.S. administrations have done is saying um, no the uh, the United Nations can't play a role in it. The U.S. is not going to pressure them. Civil society shouldn't do anything like BDS. It just has to be worked out between the two parties themselves. And that's like saying Iraq and Kuwait, when Iraq occupied Kuwait, oh, the Kuwaitis and Iraqis should work it out among themselves. Yeah. <laughs> or Indonesia and East Timor should work it out among themselves. You know, I mean, historically, the onus of compromise needs to be on the occupying power. And, and basically, the U.S. policy has been yes. to negate any way whatsoever to give Israel any incentive whatsoever to make the necessary compromises for peace. So they may have lip service for a two-state solution, right. but as long as they say, hey, you know, no, uh, no, no UN role, no U.S. government pressure, no civil society pressure, they're saying no let, pressure. The, let the occupation colonization continue unabated. Wow, not in a wink, my goodness. And I think about, uh, you know, Italy and Ethiopia. Oh, yeah, let them work it out between themselves. <laughs> you know, Italy tremendously overpowered Ethiopia, of course, in 1930-something, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but the BDS movement has been around for a while. I believe it's something like 12 years now. And unless they were having some real effect, no doubt the uh, APAC would not be doing this. What tell tell us some of the organizations and religious groups which have expressed support for BDS here in the United States. I think this is interesting and, and shows how you know it's not just a few uh, fringe people there, but uh, who are some of the organizations and religious groups that are supporting the boycott, divest, and sanctions? Well, for example, uh, in terms of the uh, four or five companies that directly support the settlements and the occupation. Um, there have been a number of uh, American uh, Protestant denominations, uh, such as the the, the Quakers, the uh, United Church of Christ, uh, the United Methodist Church, you know, that have um, voted to uh, you know support uh, you know, boycotting those uh, companies and to divest the the institutions' stock holdings from uh, those uh, those, those companies. Um, in terms of the academic boycott, you know, we we have had the um, uh, Peace and Justice uh, Studies Association, uh, the um, uh, American Studies Asso American Studies Association, uh, the uh, Asian American Studies Association, the Native American Indigenous Peoples Association, wow. and uh, a number of, of other um, uh, 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 you know uh, minority caucuses and, and, and larger academic associations endorse uh, it. Um, I believe there have been a couple, a couple of unions, or at least union locals. Yes. Uh, it has, it has a, a pretty, it has a growing amount of support. Yes. And again, there, there is um, there are varying levels of, of, of 
what kind of boycott you know that some people support again some just focus focus on the occupation you know some sure. some take a a, 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 a stronger stance uh, that in, in, incorporates the um, right of um, Palestinian uh, refugees to to return and that's where this whole line that oh BDS wants to destroy Israel <laughs> um, that is because if indeed there is the that um, if there's equality between Jews and uh, 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 Arabs in Israel, um, that equality would would assume the right of return. I mean, currently, um, uh, in, uh, any Jew from anywhere in the world could arrive in Israel and yes. immediately become an Israeli citizen, whereas Palestinians, even ones who were born there, uh, that uh, fled or were expelled during uh, Israel's War of Independence or subsequently, uh, are not allowed to to return to their home. So you had equal rights. You know, Palestinians theoretically could return in such large numbers uh, that Jews would no longer be the majority in Israel and would no longer be Israel as we, we know it, as, as, a, as a Jewish state. Now, whether or not you agree with that or not, that's not quite the same as destroying Israel, which implies, you know, the physical destruction of the country and killing of Jews and, and that kind of thing. But this line is that even if you support a very limited BDS, that is, just targeting companies that support the occupation settlements, you're immediately accused of trying to destroy Israel. Uh, and I think the hysteria is, is a couple things. I mean, one is that, um, uh, is, is that you know, under, understandably, given the history of anti-Semitism, the idea of, of boycotting um, the, the world's only Jewish state you know, it's uncomfortable you know, for uh, for many Jews. I mean, we, many people associate the boycott of Jews, you know, to 1930s Germany, uh, you know, immediately prior to the Holocaust, etc. So you, you kind of see how that might bring up bring up some feelings uh, uh, among among some some people. Uh, but uh, in, in reality, um, I, I think the, this, the 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 attacks are more uh, of an uh, of, of as you mentioned the fact that this is is working because one of the things about I mean I was very active in the uh, divestment campaign around apartheid South Africa oh, uh, back when I was I was in college mm -hmm. and you know what 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 I I noticed was that even though uh, the um, uh, you know my my university never uh, uh, actually divested the the divestment campaign raised consciousness on South Africa to an unprecedented degree. People were talking about, even the conservative Reagan era, you know, people were talking about apartheid and U.S. complicity and U.S. corporate complicity, and it was a great educational mobilizing tool, even if the immediate goal, divestment, uh, was not met. And in a similar way, you know, BDS is, is, is one of the, the biggest, uh, if not the biggest, um, you know, what we used to call third world solidarity movements on uh, college campuses today, uh, and again in, in uh, other other institutions, uh, uh, religious denominations, etc. And so it, it, it's been uh, raising awareness uh, that uh, the uh, Israeli government is doing some bad things, and the United States is, and U.S. companies are complicit, and they're doing so. And, you know, again, this is uh, people can agree or disagree about boycott, divest, and sanction, various aspects of it. We're talking about a bill that would really freeze that right to discuss it, that right to talk about it. That's really not an exaggeration. And indeed, I mean, I think there's the part of this may uh, be, uh, the, the, I mean, when I, I, I couldn't help but notice that there have been uh, various other bills, anti-BDS bills in state legislatures, you know, that, for yes. example, would uh, prohibit... Um, uh, uh, the state 
from having contracts with companies uh, that support uh, that that boycott uh, the, uh, Israel or the Israeli settlements or, or, or the Israeli occupation. Yeah. And I couldn't help but notice that it was not just APAC type people who were lobbying for it, but Alec, you know, the right wing, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, pro uh, business group. Yeah. And I think, in many ways, I think this may be a foot in the door because if they get away with this, they can go after other. Uh, 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 campaigns against corporate abuses, you know, uh, such as you know, everything from uh, carbon emitters to um, sweatshops and union busters, and you know <laughs> the many other uh, causes you know, that have led to uh, boycotts of various uh, uh, corporations over, over the years. Yeah, that in the door. Then that's one of the things that's really dangerous about. So again, even if you, <laughs> even if you oppose, uh, you know, BDS, uh, it, it's, it's it's important to oppose this bill. Yes, it certainly is, and that's one of the th- most important things about it. I think is the really serious chilling effect. I mean, the ACLU would not be involved. I mean, all they do is about freedom of speech, and you know, the the First Amendment was not there to protect easy speech. It was there to protect unpopular speech, the speech that is the minority. And if I think it's interesting that if the U.S. did pass this law, you know, limiting free speech on this and, and not allowing discussion of, of boycotts, that would put us in the company of such of some interesting uh, countries, Poland, Russia, Turkey, Israel, and Egypt. What about the, the uh, European Union? Do they protect the right to support BDS under freedom of speech and association? Um, well, some uh, some companies, such as France, which is um, you know, despite its democratic structure, has never been um, uh, con- uh, uh, consistent or really great on the uh, individual civil liberties issues, has been sure. cracking down on you know some of the uh, uh, some uh, BDS activity. Uh, at the same time, though, uh, France also is one of those countries that. Um, uh, has has supported EU efforts uh, to uh, distinguish uh, between Israel and the occupied territories, such as saying that um, um, uh, produce uh, and or, and other other uh, and, and manufactured items from these illegal settlements cannot be labeled made in Israel. Uh, they um, you know they have to be uh, it has to be clear that they are from these uh, you know settlements in the occupied uh, territories. And uh, you know, some people have accused them that that's just putting a foot in the door for a boycott. And indeed, it is that kind of it was just that initiative, uh, which is actually uh, uh, mentioned in passing in this resolution as one of the terrible things uh, that the um, um, uh, you know, that uh, the United States needs to uh, oppose, and they need to punish uh, people for uh, supporting. And, and I, you know, I've heard it said that. Uh... Well, you know, South Africa was one thing under apartheid, and, and that, that is a very powerful word to use, and people can disagree about it. And that they say that uh, comparing Israel to South African apartheid is, is not at all fair or accurate. But Desmond Tutu had some things to say about this, and I have, uh, uh, you know, the Nobel Prize uh, Peace Laureate, uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu, said, I've witnessed the systematic humiliation of Palestinian men, women, and children by members of the Israeli security forces. Their humiliation is familiar 
to all black South Africans who were corralled and harassed and insulted and assaulted by security forces of the apartheid government. And people argued against, uh, end of quote, people argued against the, uh, the boycott of South Africa, saying, well, that would hurt the people you're trying to help. And the same people say that about, well, Palestinians are employed by such companies as SodaStream and others, and you'd be hurting them. My sense is that the people of South Africa, the black people, the oppressed people of you know former South Africa, okay, they felt some economic pressure, but it it it, it worked. It did work. Yes, and indeed, hundreds of uh, uh, Palestinian civil society organizations have come out in in support of uh, BDS as well. I mean, personally, I I, you know, I mean, the the uh, Israel uh, does discriminate against its. Um, uh, you know, Palestinian citizens, uh, those who live within the internationally recognized borders of Israel. I think there are at least 50 laws distinguishing between Jews and, and Palestinians. They're definitely second-class citizens. I, 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 and that's wrong, of course, but I, I think it's, it, it's unfair to call Israel an apartheid state. However, the situation in the occupied West Bank, uh, which I have visited quite a few times, uh, does indeed resemble apartheid. I mean, there are, you know, Jewish, uh, the, the, um, Israelis have designated these Jewish only, um, uh, settlements that no Palestinian can go to without, uh, uh, a special permit, usually to do uh, uh, menial labor. Uh, they bar Israelis from going into the uh, Palestinian uh, areas, even the roads are, uh, you know, the special roads for the settlements. Again, Palestinians cannot travel on unless they have special permission. Uh, you know, there are, um, I mean, it, 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 uh, it, it does, and there are checkpoints, you know, <laughs> um, you know, all over the West Bank, uh, you know, going just going from one Palestinian town to another, uh, you know, can, can, uh, can take many, many, many hours. I mean, it, it is uh, uh, definitely... A, a, a situation. Uh, we have, in terms of water allocation, the settlements get uh, f- um, you know, three or four times the allocation of water per capita than the the, the Palestinian towns. I mean, and you, you can go down the list. Uh, but yeah, I would say that you know that the the situation in the West Bank indeed uh, does uh, uh, resemble apartheid in some uh, very disturbing ways. And if you just tuned in, Bert Cohen here. The show is Keeping Democracy Alive. Our guest today is Professor of Politics and Coordinator of Middle Eastern Studies, uh, Stephen Zunes, Zunis at uh, University of San Francisco. And this, we're talking about this legislation moving its way somewhat quietly through the House and Senate to limit free speech, limit American free speech, limit discussion of uh, supporting sanctions, boycott, and divestment, which still amazes me that they would even consider that, and so many Democrats would. Apparently, this legislation was spurred by uh, the resolutions passed by the uh, United Nations Human Rights Council. I wonder if you could tell us about that. Well, the uh, UNHRC uh, um, had a resolution in which it reiterated uh, Israel's uh, right to exist and uh, for a peaceful negotiated settlement and all that kind of thing, but raised concerns about uh, human rights uh, abuses in the occupied uh, territories. And but but it, it simply called on um, you know monitoring and and uh, applying uh, you know, and 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 uh, and dissuading uh, you know private companies from uh, supporting 
these, uh, you know, the, the illegal settlements and, and the occupation. They didn't explicitly call for a boycott, but even right. just the idea of kind of moderate and uh, you know, moderating and raising concerns about these uh, the, these uh, um, support for these illegal activities was enough to prompt uh, this uh, this resolution. Now, the the, the resolution uh, points out that the uh, UN. A human rights council has put a disproportionate amount of its attention on Israel, uh, which is true. Uh, they, they have, um, though the actual reports they have given have generally been uh, quite uh, fair and accurate and have been quite consistent with what Amnesty International, uh, Human Rights Watch, and, and a number of uh, Israeli human rights groups, such as Beth Salem and the um, veterans group uh, you know, Breaking the Silence, yeah. have revealed as, as well. But it should also be mentioned that the UNHRC has come out with very, very critical reports of, of uh, the enormous uh, war crimes and human rights abuses by the Syrian regime, uh, by the Sudanese regime, uh, and others. And uh, and so the, the 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 language of the resolution really makes a caricature out of the UNHRC. I mean, like most UN agencies, uh, you know, there's there's plenty of legitimate uh, criticism one can can make, and uh, and indeed they have you know paid disproportionate attention to Israel. But it doesn't mean that the the concerns they have have raised aren't valid. No, yeah, they they have, and that's true. And you know, you write that uh, Congress has had no objections to the UNHRC's far harsher criticisms of domestic human rights abuses by Syria, Sudan, and other countries not allied with the United States. So I sense a little bit of hypocrisy there. Very very much so. And and if anything, one could say that uh, given uh, that historically uh, the United Nations has been given a uh, a greater role on uh, the question of you know, violations of international humanitarian law in uh, occupied territories. Uh, you know, the, it's been only in, in fairly recent years that the UN has taken a more active looking at domestic uh, human rights abuses. So, uh, even though obviously human rights abuses are human rights abuses and they're wrong wherever they happen, in terms of the United Nations traditional role as an international governmental organization, uh, one could make the case as to. Um, why they, um, you know, why they are, they do put a disproportionate amount of attention on the uh, Israeli occupied territories. I would, uh, though, mention that I, there there's some of the, the, where I think the UNHRC and some other UN agencies fall short is not giving proper attention to the current Moroccan occupation of Western Sahara, you know, which also includes human rights abuses and illegal settlements and, and that kind of thing. And I think it's largely because Morocco happens to have uh, more allies in the world uh, than, than Israel does. And, yeah. and frankly, I think the BDS movement would be stronger if they included Western Sahara as well as Palestine, simply because uh, it's the only other uh, country that has been denied its right of self-determination uh, through a recognized foreign belligerent occupation. I mean, one could say morally Tibet, for example, has a right to self-determination or True. West Papua or whatever, but uh, yeah. on a strictly legal basis, Western Sahara is the only other uh, t- uh, a country, a nation besides um, uh, Palestine in this kind of, uh, of, of situation. But, but nevertheless, I mean, it's... Uh, it's um, 
it's still even if you're not as even if the UN is not as consistent as it should be, it doesn't mean that their findings or their concerns regarding uh, what Israel has been doing are illegitimate. Indeed, uh, they uh, every UNHRC report I have I have read uh, seems to be uh, uh, quite accurate and solid, and as I mentioned, uh, consistent with findings by uh, other reputable human rights organizations. Well, I think your point about Morocco is an interesting one because. Is Morocco a close ally of the United States? How it is, it is. In fact, the United States and, and, and France have um, uh, done a lot to prevent uh, the United Nations from taking action right. on it. And um, and uh, unlike uh, 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 Palestine, uh, or unlike, I should say, unlike Israel, uh, Morocco has you know, some uh, allies in the uh, uh, Arab world and some other places. Uh, that uh, that have made it difficult to um, uh, to move forward. Uh, but simply, I, I would you know, I would would add that. In fact, what's interesting is that uh, the, the Congress passed legislation a few years ago that basically forbids the United States from its pre. Uh, for, uh, basically, you know, Obama administration's policy was that foreign aid to Morocco could go to Morocco, and trade agreements in Morocco had to be involving Morocco, not the occupied Western Sahara. But Congress pushed through this uh, bill, this amendment, uh, to, uh, to, to, to a number of um, uh, fiscal measures that forces the United States to, uh, to treat Western Sahara as part of Morocco. So, in other words, oh. what I'm saying is Congress is not just supporting Israel's occupation of Palestine, it's supporting Morocco's occupation of Western Sahara as well. And I think this is an important point because, on the one hand, yes, we all agree that APAC is, is, is powerful. Um, and other groups that support uh, uh, the, the Israeli occupation. But let, let's remember, we did not need a Moroccan-American lobby for this to happen, or an Indonesian-American lobby back when we were supporting uh, the, US uh, the, the Indonesian occupation of East Timor. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the United States is perfectly capable of supporting allies engaging in, um, in, in, in uh, violations of international legal norms, such as the invasion, occupation, and colonization of weaker neighbors without an uh, ethnic lobby for Forcing us to do so. <laughs> yeah, there's no lack of that. That's for sure. One thinks of Henry Kissinger for some reason. Uh, <laughs> one might uh, understand Congress's original concern about foreign governments coercing U.S. businesses into boycotting uh, friendly to the U.S. countries in exchange for lucrative commercial relations. You know, we don't want uh, foreign governments, powerful foreign governments, forcing American businesses. To, uh, to boycott uh, uh, countries friendly to the U.S. in exchange for, for good commercial relations. That was intended to offer protection to U.S. companies from such coercion. There, there, there is some protection there. What seems to be different about this is that it is the U.S. government prohibiting people from joining certain boycotts they wish yeah, to Yes, join. And, and those that are, are, are by international organizations. The way international organizations like the European Union and the United, United Nations reflect a much broader consensus of, of, sure. uh, of international legal opinion. Uh, so in other words, this is not some, you know, some uh, a tin horn dictatorship saying, oh, you can't um, um, uh, invest in our uh, democratic uh, neighbor because we don't like them. Right. You know, this is, uh, again, a, um, us, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the EU and UN uh, concerns about Israel uh, do have a strong legal foundation that it reflects a broad consensus 
of uh, international legal opinion. And I don't think it's simply anti-Semitism. I, I really, I mean, no, not at all. I mean, in any, I mean, in any uh, move, movement, uh, you're going to have uh, um, uh, extremists. I mean, especially, absolutely. You know, I, I, for example, I, when I was in, uh, involved in divestment, um, uh, 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 I was involved in divestment campaign both as a grad student at, at Cornell and an undergraduate at Oberlin. Uh, when I was at Oberlin, I was actually kicked out of the divestment campaign because I refused to. Uh, agree that military victory by the ANC was the only way to liberate South Africa. What I argued then, as in, ends up was in fact the case, was that it was the rise of civil society in South Africa, uh, the, the um, uh, massive non-cooperation uh, and, and, and resistance in the townships, you know, the, 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 the strikes, the, the, the Kasatu, the UDF, combined with international um, uh, you know, uh, boycott, yeah. divestment, sanctions, etc. That's what brought it down, not the armed wing of the ANC, which never got beyond, you know, occasional sabotage and attacking a police station here or there or whatever. Um, and it's, but, but my point being is that you're going to have some pretty, you know, in, 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 in uh, third world solidarity politics, you're going to get some pretty hardcore people involved. <laughs> but that's always been the case. Vietnam, oh. Central America, you know. But, but I, I, this, and, and so, uh, again, I, I, don't, I don't agree with a lot of the, uh, you know, hardline, sure. you know, Palestine solidarity types. But I think it's much more of this kind of um, hardcore leftist, uh, you know, third world voyeurism or whatever you want to call it, uh, um, uh, attitude that we've seen many times before than any kind of conscious uh, effort at anti-Semitism. Uh, though, again, I do want to acknowledge that, you know, there are, you know, uh, that anti-Semitism, like racism and sexism, is, is ubiquitous, and it does yes, uh, in our society, and it does raise its ugly head, and it should be uh, occasionally, and it should be uh, called out and opposed uh, whenever it happens. Yes. But it is so unfair to, um, to de- declare yeah, the BDS movement as a whole and those who support it as any anti-Semites. Yeah, it's just, it's just not the case. And I think your, your point about the, the ANC and violence being the only answer, the interesting thing about... Uh, one of the interesting things about uh, BDS is that, you know, it's easy to fight violence with violence. That's really easy to do. Overwhelming violence can crush lesser violence. But when it's effective nonviolence, that really puts the powerful uh, uh, force in a difficult position. And that's what's going on here. It's not very much so. As this one is really a a secure uh, leading um, um, security official put it, we don't do Gandhi well. Uh, that is uh, when uh, the, 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 there have been. You know, there's obviously a lot of attention on Hamas rocket attacks or terrorism. Right, right. The vast right. majority of the Palestinian resistance to the occupation uh, is and has been nonviolent, and uh, and the very fact that that B, uh, BDS is a nonviolent uh, uh, tactic. Uh, is yes. is, uh, is is critical. I mean, people keep saying, "Oh, why don't the Palestinians use nonviolence?" You know, and and uh, indeed, so so Palestinian civil society got got together and said, "Okay, let's us with supporting international community and engage in boycotts, divestment, and sanctions." And people are opposing that as well. Nah, so basically, what they're saying is the Palestinians and their supporters shouldn't do anything. <laughs> they just let the occupation continue, and if they have a better way of ending the occupation and, and, and ending Israel's ongoing violations of international law, uh, I, I would love to hear it. Uh, we're all ears, no doubt about that. So, you know, we're talking about here the right to boycott. It seems to me that traditionally the founders of America, and their brilliance, and they were brilliant, uh, 
specifically when they created the First Amendment, uh, wanted to protect the right to boycott. And I wonder if if it would be the case, and we're talking about this proposed law, which I, I hope people will, you know, uh, strike out against, would it be the case that uh, anyone who dares to attempt to support the U.N. resolution by refusing to purchase goods made in Israel or occupied territories, or even to find out what companies are making them, would they be violating the law? Yeah, yeah and th- this, is, this, is, this is really, really frightening. I mean, the, the Republican platform explicitly called uh, for uh, effective legislation uh, to uh, you know, prevent uh, the BDS campaigns, and 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 true to their word, uh, Republicans have introduced this legislation. What's con- concerning is that so many Democrats are supporting it as well, mm-hmm. including uh, you know Chuck Schumer, the Senate uh, uh, Democratic leader, yeah. and and Ben Cardin, who is the ranking Democratic uh, member on the uh, Foreign Relations Committee, and Sidney Hoyer, who is the uh, hmm. uh, assistant Democratic leader in the House. I mean, th- this is not, not just a, um, uh, a, a few, you know, kind of, uh, of uh, you know, more moderate conservative uh, Democrats. This, this includes some, some uh, you know, pretty uh, um, uh, uh, prominent people. I was really surprised to see uh, uh, Congressman Joe Kennedy from Massachusetts on there. That that really yeah, I mean, we've had I mean, we have people like Ted Lieu here in in California, um, yeah, and and, uh, and and some other other folks who who generally you know had uh, had progressive uh, 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 records uh, uh, joining in on this as well. And I want to read uh, just a part of the. I mean, the ACLU has weighed in very heavily on this, and they neither support. You know, they don't take a position on BDS. They're all about protecting First Amendment rights. Here's a statement on the bill. Even apart from limiting the right to boycott by refusing to purchase goods for political reasons, the bill infringes on pure speech. It prohibits even requests for information about whether a person is doing business, and we're talking about person, you know, flesh and blood or not, is doing business in Israel in order to support a boycott of Israel, regardless of whether the requester is actually engaged in a boycott. So just asking for that information. This additional prohibition will chill people from seeking information about companies boycotting Israel or engaged in business dealings in Israel. And, if they, and, and, and again, they, they, they define the, the bill defines Israel's, including the um, yeah. occupied, uh, uh, you know, territories. You um, do not support boycotting Israel itself, but you know, just you know those that are directly supporting illegal activities in somebody else's country. Uh, that would, uh, you know, you, you would still be, uh, be targeted. But but also, you know, well, again, let, let's look at the precedent this sets. You know, what if people you know want to inquire? Uh, about uh, yes. labor practices uh-huh. of a company. Sure. What if people want to um, uh, inquire about certain pollutants that they are uh, uh, that are pouring out of their uh, smokestacks or, 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 or what, whatever? Again, if this legislation passes, uh, I, I am quite confident there's going to be similar legislation that is going to not only uh, try to prohibit uh, uh, boycotts and support for boycotts, but to um, uh, you know, to to even just request information about certain corporate activities, uh, whether it be uh, you know pollution or labor practices or or anything else. That is really chilling to to inquire. I mean, I'm you know when I try to buy stuff, I'm concerned about uh, their environmental effects, and it's it's proven to be very effective. It's an it's an economic action, 
and uh, more and more companies are going along with it. For example, I mean, they felt the pressure against uh, genetically modified organisms. Most, more and more companies are not doing that. They're cutting down on their waste. So if, if I were to inquire about uh, companies you know, doing business in, in the occupied territories and thereby sort of legitimizing it, just by asking that question, yeah, exactly. So again, I I, I, I encourage your listeners to 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 uh, you know see this. Uh, even though this particular legislation is uh, it deals only with uh, Israel and the occupied territories, uh, that the precedent uh, could be you know uh. far ranging, and that in many ways you know this is is, is not just a a um, you know pro-Israeli occupation bill. This is this is a pro-corporate bill. This is part of the pattern we have seen for decades for the growing uh, uh, power of corporations uh, in the United States and the uh, difficulty in holding them accountable. Yeah, that's that's of real concern. You know, I I used to be on the board of the state ACLU, and I you know I think any truly conservative American would care very much about chilling freedom of speech and being able to, you know, criticize and find out information. So in a way, this bill would could possibly amount to a sanction in and of itself if they simply identify companies that are found in the uh, United, Rights, uh, United Nations Human Rights Council database, which, uh, you know, if you just find out that those particular companies that happen to be in the database of, of companies that they have found out, I mean, it's just... It's amazing, and the precedent that it says. There's been concerns raised for a long time about the definitions of corporations as persons, as legal persons. Am I correct that the precedents of pursuing penalties against corporations for certain behavior, that by doing that, this bill would extend that ability to prosecute real flesh-and-blood people? As the ACLU statement says, uh, the bill applies to individuals, flesh and blood people have reason to be concerned that their own protected boycott activity and speech could violate the law. Comments on that, please. I mean, yeah, that, that, yeah, again, it, it's, um, it, is, it is quite chilling in this regard. And of course, you, you, you try, companies try to get their, their, their foot in the door on things like, things uh, like this. Yes. You know, that just, you know, just as, um, uh, you know, the, the, um, <clears throat> The the you know we, we we for example the you know if a state hasn't had a death penalty, hasn't uh, executed somebody in uh-huh. many years they'll 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 bring up a a a, a criminal uh, you know criminal who is so notorious it's it it's it, it, it's uh, it, it's it's harder to challenge than if it was a more right. ambiguous case and in a similar way in, the, in uh-huh. this case you know because they can label it pro-Israel and they can label uh, the the boycott as anti-Semitic you can even get some liberals to say oh no uh, uh-huh. I, I I oppose uh, anti-Semitic and I don't think we should unfairly single out Israel. So sure, I'll sign on to this. Uh-huh. You know, without quite you know thinking through the the uh, the, the broader implications of, of what they're doing. Yeah, I think it's important that they that they do that because I suspect you're right that that's exactly you know how it was sold to them. I mean, they they're busy people. They get things put in front of them all the time. I wonder if this bill were to become law, if I having this microphone urged people to post on Facebook. To simply state their support for the uh, United Nations Human Rights uh, Human Rights Council resolution of March 6, 2016, I wonder if I might face sanctions. Uh, 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 strictly speaking, yes. <laughs> I mean, I imagine. I mean, in 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 reality, I mean, I, I think that uh, it would, uh, you know, that that uh, you know, just as with the you know travel ban on Cuba and other uh, questionable constitutional. 
um, uh, laws we've had over, over the years, you know, that, uh, you know, they, they're, it, it's, it's something that, that would rarely be prosecuted because right. you know, people can make such a big uh, political hay out of it. Yeah. And I would also guess that if there was a genuine prosecution, um, you know, depending on on the court, uh, it could uh, it could be could be uh, thrown out. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is so I'm, not, I'm not too worried in, the, in a sense that people like you and I might literally uh, go to jail. But the very fact that they're trying to do this <laughs> and uh, that that so many people are supporting it yeah. uh, is, is of serious concern because they might get away with it. <laughs> and and again, uh, it, it it serves as as as, as a precedent for um, you know, future. Uh, uh, repressive legislation on behalf of, uh, of, uh, of, of corporations engaged in illegal and unethical activities. And if this bill were to become law, I would think there might be a danger that it could set precedent by technically criminalizing speech that is not popular with the future government or powerful corporations. You know, that's not hardly... Con- much so. I mean, I mean, just think about how uh, those of us who raised, uh, you know, criticisms of uh, uh, U.S. Uh, support for the Salvadoran uh, junta or the Nicaraguan contras, you know, were uh, accused of of of, uh, of being of being communist and supporting uh, you know terrorism and you know and, and people who who took part in witness for peace and other nonviolent mm-hmm. interventions in Central America were threatened with prosecution. Very similar kind of thing here. It's it's it's, it's a way to make it uh, 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 difficult to uh, challenge uh, U.S. foreign policy. Wow, that is really, really terrifying for sure. You know, I wonder where conservatives are. You know, the, the not the right-wingers, the actual conservatives, the people who want to conserve traditional American values. And the ACLU said uh, boycotts to achieve political goals are a form of expression that the Supreme Court has ruled are protected by First Amendment's protections of freedom of speech, assembly, and petition. I just, I, I wonder where the heck the conservatives are. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there are a handful of more, you know, libertarian-type uh, 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 conservatives who, you know, who... Um, who have raised concerns, or at least have uh, you know been uh, refusing to support uh, this this kind of thing, but this really is a um, uh, uh, this really should not be a an ideological or uh, right. partisan issue. Indeed, that's right. why you have pro-Israel groups like uh, like J Street who oppose it, and 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 and, and group and non-political groups that is groups that do not uh, address issues like Israel Palestine or BDS like the ACLU opposing it. And again, the ACLU says this sends a message to Americans who care enough to engage on issues of global importance that if they dare to disagree with their government, they will be penalized. This message is an insult to our forebears and makes a mockery of the constitutional principle that Americans are free to believe as they choose. Well, the bill numbers, in case, uh, dear listener, you're interested in uh, speaking up to protect freedom of speech, uh, Senate Bill 720 and House Bill 1697 Make your voice heard. Well, we still can. Professor Zunas, thank you so much for being with us once again on doing your part to keep democracy alive. My pleasure. Thank you for listening and for being an active citizen. Let us be lovers when marry our fortunes together. Some real estate here in my bag So we bought a pack of cigarettes And this is when the pies And walked off to
Be careful, his bow tie is real. 